give out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my special co-host, Freddie Bergs, as my partner, Chet, Jim Chachesco, has enjoyed some vacation time. Freddie, the Phillies have ended their 11-year drought in bringing some playoff baseball back to town. The Eagles continue to roll on as, man, they're playing good football. They're undefeated, the only undefeated team at 4-0. The Penn State did the Lions. How about them? They roll into their bye week. They're undefeated, ranked number 10. The Sixers opened their preseason against old number 25 the other night, and the Flyers preseason is underway as well. So much to talk about. So much. The the Roaring Twenties. We still have hope for the Roaring Twenties for Philadelphia sports, so I'm pumped. Yes, yes we do. Good stuff. Hey, before we get to the important Philly sports, uh, let's take a second and talk about really important stuff. You mind giving us an update on how Freddie Four is doing? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he is doing good. His spirits are great. Um, he's been in remission since uh, Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, but he's still going through the chemo. We're in a real, real tough spot here. He has an IV in his arm, but we're about five weeks out from removing that and then getting to a point where we don't have to walk on eggshells. So very good stuff. And I, I thank you for your support, Philly Press Box and everyone, everyone that, you know, you know, talks to me, our family, friends, everyone. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a been a heck of a ride for you and Christy and uh, and the whole family, and uh, man, couldn't could be happier for the good news. Thank you. You got it. All right, let's get started. We'll talk some Phillies baseball. Who would have thought, Fred, at the top of the list in October, our first show of October, we'd be talking Phillies. They made it interesting down the stretch. None of that matters once the dance starts on Friday. It is red October, and it's funny because – I don't even know. Right before that Brave series where they got swept, I literally was on edge of Philly gun. Listen, calm down, Al. There's no way they don't make the playoffs. They're not going to get swept by the Braves. They're not going to lose to the Cubs. And then I watch it unfold in front of my eyes. My buddies were breaking my stones like, you mush. <laughs> but, well, and if it wasn't for the Marlins winning three out of four from the Brewers, this thing might not have gone exactly how it did. I know, which kind of brings it down a little, but not really for me. I I'll say when that happened, I was so excited. Like, even the locker room stuff, the champagne, all that stuff. I know it's just a playoff wild card that's been non-existent, but it brought you back to 10, 11 years ago plus. You know, even 08, 07, and it made you have those strong feelings and bring those memories back again. And, you know, I woke my daughter up in the morning. You got YouTube now. So, like, woke her up seven years old. I'm like, look, check this out. And she's like, oh, wow, like, they're spraying. What are they spraying? And I was like, yeah, that's beer. And it was pretty cool. It was a cool experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know, uh, I got to ask you, are you surprised that overall the pitching is really what held this team together while the bats 
have struggled down the stretch. I, I don't think we'd ever thought that. We thought this lineup would always hit. Uh, didn't go that way. Extremely surprised. Um, you, you thought this was going to be built on the bats, as you said, or from the beginning. And this pitching staff has changed a lot over the last, since April till now as well. And, you know, it's weird. Different pitchers step up at different times. You know, Gibson is has ran off a train but now all of a sudden Bailey Falter who the joke was how he faltered all the time is the stopper so it's 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 great to see Suarez has he had a little down slope but he's been pretty consistent you know Noah got a W in September huge almost threw a perfect game the other night the pitching really has held it together and I I don't know what's up with the bats what's up with the bats well, I don't know either, but, you know, uh, we used to always say, Fred, when I was coaching in, in high school, or at the high school, I said, when we got in these big games, these tough games, somebody needs to be a hero. We need a hero. Well, Bryson Stott and Kyle Schwarber became the heroes over the weekend uh, that got this team over the hump. And, uh, man, again, they don't do it without them. I got on to Schwarber real bad last week. I think he was reading Philly Press Box Radio. And he saw where I was dogging him about hitting 210 and 200 strikeouts. He drops four bombs and uh, couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah, it's it's very really tough with him because it's it's the new age of baseball and the new way of doing things. And, you know, I understand it to a point him at leadoff because he does get more at bats. And the hope is there will be runners on base in later innings. I can swallow that. But, yeah, the 220 and the strikeouts and not getting on – then it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter because you're striking out. Like, so I'm with you, but hey, the, the home run couldn't come at a better time. He is a veteran on this team, though it's his first year. He has some experience um, in the playoffs. So, you know, good, yeah, good I, for him. I don't know if you saw this last night uh, because a lot of people turned the game off, I think. Uh, they had Dave Dombrowski in the booth last night and they were talking about Kyle Schwarber. And I really thought this was an interesting point. They said, about his leadership and Rob Thompson said, according to Dombrowski, he is the greatest leader he's ever been around. And Rob Thompson's been in this game for 50 years, uh, 40 years and uh, said to Kyle Schwarber, what he does in the clubhouse. And they threw out Derek Dalton's name, Dombrowski, because he had experience with Dalton. He says he's up above that level. That's, that's a big, big level to jump. You hear about Dalton, there's nothing but, you know, amazing things to say about him from the, the 90s year. And even when he went to the Marlins, which was with Dombrowski, right? Yep. That's yeah. more, he was part of the one that got him to the Marlins. So um, I, I, I will say this about Schwerber and his media appearances early on. I got that vibe from him, even about the fans. He was very appreciative. He's like, yeah, there's not, they're not, it's nothing like them. Like there's, there's something different about here. And he was very, they were criticizing though. And he wasn't being a baby about it. And when he wasn't a baby about it, I'm like, you know what? This guy's got his head screwed on right. I hope he works yeah. out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can't you can't have this conversation about the Phillies without talking about Bryce Harper. Uh, his average has dropped somewhere 35 to 40 points since he came off the injured list. Uh, certainly something to be concerned about. Uh, he could turn it over tonight, though, and get hot. If he does, they're they're going to win some games. Uh, the other concern I have offensively, Alec Baum, who I really like, was flirting with 300 for a long time. He's dropped 20 points, hits ground ball after ground ball. He's just off the mark a little bit. They need those two guys uh, to heat up here in these three in this three game series and, and to get to the next uh, 
series in the playoffs. Yeah, Har- Harper has really dropped off. I think it's 226 in 147 appearances or something. Only three homers in that amount. Yeah. Um, we've seen him turn it around at times, but yeah, it's 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 concerning, you know, especially DH. It's not like he could be in the field to get his mind off it a little bit and make some plays in the field to get some momentum going because he's just stuck there. That's all he has to think about. I do got good news. For, good news. Good news for Boom though. He's killed it against the Cardinals. Eight for 19, three home runs. Yeah. Uh, I think four runs scored. So maybe that's just what he needs to get that Cardinal vibe again, like he did. Because what's that? I forget what series that was, how, how long ago it was. Uh, Labor Day weekend, I think, or Memorial Day weekend, one of the two. Um, yeah, so maybe that'll get Boom going as well. I hope so. One of the big concerns I have uh, and I, that I didn't have a month ago that I have now uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is really struggling in that ninth inning slot. Um, you know, David Robertson might have to be that guy. They're, you know, they ran Dominguez out there again last night in a blowout. He gave up four runs. Uh, Connor Brogdon has struggled a little bit down the stretch. Uh, hand is hurt. You know, they, they've got they've got some issues on that back end now. Uh, but then you have Jose Alvarado, who has just turned around and been ridiculously good um yeah what, what do we do what's the concern like i'm concerned and then i don't know who who uh tomper is gonna play it's hard to argue with tomper because he got us to the playoffs but like there was that one point during that week alvarado hadn't pitched till, since sunday and he's just sitting them so yeah. alvarado and that cutter's been outstanding whatever they did down there i mean he was drafted by the Tampa bay rays and they know talent so like he definitely has the talent and I'm, i hope he continues that Eflin yeah. closed that perfect or that that win. Is Eflin the guy? Can Eflin that, give you an inning or two? I, that, I, I, I I tend to believe he can. That that's who I was going to say. Eflin may be that guy. Uh, you know, Gibson's going to the to the bullpen. Um, Falter pitched an inning today. It looks like they may be setting him up for the pen. Yeah, well, and that was the other thing. Uh, I didn't I didn't see the score today even or see what was going on there. Um, but they were talking about Falter last night, Dombrowski was, and they they talked about him eating a lot of innings today so not to use the bullpen, which would have probably made him ineligible uh, for the next round because they wouldn't have been able to pitch through Sunday. So maybe they changed what they were thinking. They used more bullpen guys, and, and Falter becomes available. Um, Sindergas becomes available in the bullpen. So – there's all kinds of things that can happen here and uh, all kinds of mixes and matches. Yeah, I, I didn't see what he how many he ended up pitching. I know, I, I forget the guy that went, Pleasley or Please, whatever his name was. Presley maybe uh, went like five and then Falter did the six. So I don't know if he continued on. I It was two nothing at the time. I stopped watching. But So yeah. Falter didn't even start today like he no. was supposed to. Okay, no. good. Well, yeah. I mean, they might need him. And, and maybe the way that Ranger pitched last night, he was throwing beach balls up there. Maybe Falter gets that third start and not Ranger. Ranger was pretty hungover. If you see uh, the, <laughs> if, if you see pictures from the clubhouse, he had three beers in one hand, one in his mouth. I I, I think uh, Topper threw him out there to be like, "Yo, buddy, let's 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 get your head screwed back on real quick." <laughs> he, he was throwing he was throwing beach balls up there in that first inning <laughs> last night. Hey, wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts on JT Real Muto. Uh, he got a lot of heat early on. He was the whipping boy of the week there for a few weeks early in the season. Get rid of him. He's a bum, blah, blah, blah. He's the best catcher in baseball. That hasn't changed 
uh, as he proved defensively. He's matched in some offense. He's hitting some long balls. Uh, JT Remulto has had a heck of a season as well. Yeah, I never jumped off the JT train. I think that was a little, you know, personal beliefs on issues drove that a little bit more than his actual play, even though he was struggling. Um, but, yeah, he's the best catcher in baseball. Players aren't going to be perfect 24-7, um, and, and they're going to go through lumps. And if there's anyone that's been consistent over time, it's him. Not to mention how great he is behind the plate, framing pitches, you know, throwing guys out. He's even got a little bit of speed on the base pass. He never stopped hustling. I, I'll ne- I don't get I never I didn't understand the hate of JT Real Muto as far as yeah criticize him but not get this bum out of here like get this bum yeah. out of here what yeah yeah I, I I couldn't I couldn't even believe well you know I kid all the time about you know the Philly fickle Philly fans and their uh, you know bum of the week the guy they want to run run out of town this week you know it changes a little bit when it's Eagles season because you get to throw them in there too you can hate on them. But they they haven't been giving us any real reason to hate, so you know we keep we keep throwing Phillies out there. They have not the, Phil- the Phillies took the brunt of it, especially on that slide. Now they got the, it's the two thousand it's payback now for two thousand eleven. A lot of storylines there still. Well, there's a lot of storylines, but there's no common threads except for Pujols and uh, well Pujols, Molina, Molina, and then the bench coach. Uh, Schmoomaker is the guy that hit the game-winning double in game five who was at bat when that crazy squirrel was running around. Remember the whole squirrel thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the bench coach. So there's some ties there as well. I'm trying to regenerate my hate for the Cardinals. (laughs) Uh, Here you go. Here's a a comment for us, Fred. I hate to be negative, but my nightmares of Cliff Lee giving up four runs to the Cards at 11 are creeping back. I was there. I was there. I remember being at O'Hagan's, Bill, in Collingdale, and I the Eagles had just lost to the 49ers. I texted my buddy Matt Blong, and I'm like, dude, let's go to game. And then it was it was raucous in there. We were, I think, I, I forget who was pitching. I think Annabelle Sanchez, I feel like, was pitching for, for the Cardinals, and everyone's chanting his name, and then they blew the lead. There you go. Hey, uh, before we close out on the Phillies, they've got the Cardinals. Then they have the Braves. While the other side, San Diego's got the Mets followed by the Dodgers. I like the Philly side that they're on. What's your take? Can they beat the Cardinals in three? And can they compete with the Braves? The I, they, I think they could beat the Cardinals, but a lot of people are hanging on to this. We, we went four, four and three against them this year. But the pitching staff that they have when we went against them is totally different. Only one guy is still a starter. So that's kind of my hang-up. Who are they going to bring out? A lot of these guys, the guy Quintana, I think has like a .89 ERA in uh, in September. So yeah. that's my concern. Can we beat them? Sure. I mean, them bats, we, when they're hot, they get hot. So maybe this little break can can get them going. I hope so. Well, we'll, uh, you know, we'll either be in the middle of the second series by next Wednesday's show or else they'll have a couple rounds of golf already in. I, I don't one or the other. <laughs> just get one win to make it interesting. Let's get like a game three so I can get all watch the Eagles all day and then get them Sunday night. That'd be pretty good. There you go. And game time 207 on Friday on ABC, Saturday night, Sunday night, for those that have not uh been keeping up with that. If you have kids in school, pull them out of school. You never this happened. This has happened 15 times since 1883. <laughs> you don't know when it's gonna happen again. I'm pulling my daughter out, pull your kids out. There you go. 
All right. Good Phillies talk, uh, Fred. What we're going to do now is take a quick break, and uh, we're going to talk to our friend about our friend, David Boy at Allstate Insurance. And, Fred, you probably find this pretty hard to believe, but Chet is going to make a couple cameos today because you know him. He can't miss a camera. So <laughs> we know Chet's probably spending more time on his couch than uh, he is in his car. So let's start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yes. Yes, indeed. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive. With the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers, pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. You just might want to drive to Langhorn. While the weather may be cooler now, there are still plenty of hot deals at the Irish Rover Station House. Great dinner specials Thursday through Sunday most weekends, happy hour specials, and during Eagles games on Sundays, a $5 tailgate menu, as well as beer specials and those legendary Rover mimosas. Of course, there are always 24 beers on tap at the Rover. Don't try them all on the same visit. That's not recommended. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. The website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Well, hey, Freddie, let's talk about the only undefeated team in the NFL, your Philadelphia Eagles. How excited are you? Uh, I thought this Jacksonville game was was a great showing by the Birds. I thought it was a great job by Nick Sariani and the offensive staff. Uh, they saw what they had. Conditions were not conducive to have a, having a good quarterback game because of the weather. They hunkered down on both sides of the ball in the trench and just kicked tail. Gutsy win. That's like one of them them gutsy stomach wins. Adversity's thrown at you, and you're like, ah, what does this team really got? And led by Jalen Hurts they and the staff, obviously, with the adjustments they made, they showed, you know, we got a lot of guts, and, and they came back and, and really ran the ball down the throat of going into that game, the number one defensive line and number one run D in football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, hopefully that's a little bit of a coming out party for Miles Sanders. He was outstanding. He looked so fast uh, on on a terrible turf. He looked really good, really quick, uh, got the ball up, upfield. Uh, couldn't ask for a better day for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I've been very critical of him. I, um, I'll i take some credit for his day because I sat him in fantasy knowing they were going up <laughs> against that great defense line. So I lost in fantasy that week. Rudolph had to root for him, but then begrudgingly, I kind of was like, give it the game well. Give it the game well, please. <laughs> um, but he played. That was the great, his best game as an Eagle and really the best game we've seen from a running back since probably LaShawn McCoy, like back in, I don't know, early 2010, 12 area. area. So, um, yeah, he, outstanding game. I hope he can keep it up. It's a contract year. He better keep it up. Yeah, right. Well, and, you know, the good news is uh, they lost Jordan Malata. They lost Isaac Samala, and both are not hurt. 
to the point that they can't play this weekend in Arizona. Even though the backup guys played played really well, uh, go with your best, and uh, that offensive line is just as good as it gets. And they and they got Dillard coming back as well. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be able to play, but he's definitely cleared to practice. You know, shout out to oh my god, the name's escaping me. The O line coach from Alabama. I don't, I don't know why it's jumping. Jeff Stoutland. Stoutland. Yeah. Um, you know, this is year after year after year after year. I mean, it's just it really is unbelievable that like these guys just could get put in spots and play to this level. And especially, I think the stat was Kelsey. Um, Dickerson and um, was it Sayamalo? I guess before he got hurt, they've given up zero sacks or zero sacks in the game. The O line, that first quarter was it was scary, and then they just mauled them. And it was like, is this really happening? And Jalen Hurts has a lot to do with that too, because the defense has to stay on their toes. They can't commit to the run fully because he may be running or spreading out and throwing. So he he's a big part of it as well. Yeah, there's an article that came out today. I read it right before the show. I didn't even have time to post it, but I, I have it still up here on my screen. I'm going to glance away here for just a second. It's Jason Kelsey talking about Jeff Stoutland. Uh, and here, here is something for you. Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Evan Mathis, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Peters have made a total of 17 Pro Bowls under Stoutland. In the 50 years before Stoutland got here, the Eagles offensive linemen combined for 14 Pro Bowls. How's that? And yeah, none of them were John Runyon. Maybe three of them were Trey Thomas. I'm trying to think. So like, go and take three away. Let's get rid of Trey. Oh yeah. my God. Like, that's amazing. That's it, amazing. It, yeah, I mean, back in the Jerry Sizemore and those kind of, you know, some of those guys made it Bob Boomer Brown way back. 50 years. He's done more in a handful of years. And this is a great article, by the way. It's on NBC Sports Philly. Check it out. It's Jason Kelsey when he was asked today about Jeff Stoutland. It's it's well worth the read. It's short. Uh, and he, well and he, worth al- three. he almost went back to Bama when the coaching change happened as well. He, he so did. we're lucky. He did. And and uh, it also talks about Kelsey uh, playing three years under Chip Kelly um, before Stoutland got there. No Pro Bowls. No anything since Stoutland. Five Pro Bowls four first-team All-Pros, and probably headed to Canton. Yeah, there was a point Kelsey was getting run out of town. I remember the, the play where he pulled from center and he didn't get there, and people were like, what's going on? He got it. You remember that? It was Dallas yep. on a Sunday night game. Yep. I was one of the people critical of him. I, I remember wanting to draft Marquise Pouncey um, at, at right. one point. Um, yep. But, yeah, credit to Southland and Kelsey. Well, and talk about credit. We got to give credit to that Howie Roseman because I'm, I'm here to tell you, I knew it when it happened. I was the first one jumping up and down. Get A.J. Brown. Uh, you've got an elite receiver. You put him with uh, Devontae Smith, who is going to be another elite receiver. And then they're working Dallas Goddard into the offense, doing all kinds of things. This offense has more weapons um, than anybody in the league. It's the most weapons we have seen on an Eagles team, I think. You know, T.O.'s the best receiver, I guess you would say, we went and got, besides getting into, like, Carmichael back in the day and Tommy McDonald, obviously. But modern day, T.O., but he didn't have anyone around him besides Westbrook. This right. is amazing right now. And, yeah. and and the scheme, and then the quarterback able to run the way he does and now throw, um, you know, accurately in holes. This is this is scary good, and it, and our record reflects that. Yeah, it, it is scary good. And, uh, 
you know, I, I try to always keep things kind of on an even keel, you know, not too high up, not too low. Uh, but you can't help but get excited about wait, what to see this next game, you know, and then the next game, you know, because you just think this is going to be good every week. Let's jump over to the defense. Uh, they're playing extremely well, too. The front seven, again, great improvement came from the pickups of, of Roseman. They haven't even really benefited a lot from the draft of the guys they got. Those two Georgia Bulldogs, uh, Davis has played a little bit, um, but Cox is playing great. Graham's playing great. Reddick's playing great. And then they added the back end. So they, they improved all, in basically all 11 positions. Number one in takeaways, number one in sacks, number one in third down stops. Are we still firing Jonathan Gannon, by the way? <laughs> Not this week. Not this he, week. He was whipping boy a couple weeks ago. I know he was, and I'm probably one of the only people that defended him. I'm like, last year he had nothing, and like let's let he, and then the first week the defensive line got the, the, got blown off the ball. I'm like, how is it his fault that Fletcher Class got blown off the ball three yards? Anyhow, it's been awesome to see, and now you can see Gannon can play a little bit. He's had like Reddick in coverage, which we don't love, but that's the cost of trick to trickery. You know what I mean? Sweat's been in coverage a little bit, but to your point with Howie, the trade for C.J. Gardner Johnson was huge. You know, Maddox has been the great slot guy. I know he's hurt now. William Bradbury. That's a huge move. I loved yeah. it when he did it. I'm like, wow, you're going to get this guy on the Chief and the Giants? How stupid are the New York Giants? But, the, <laughs> I mean, I know they're 3-1 and one and their defense is playing well, but, like, how do you let that guy go? Hopefully we can pay him because he looks like a pro bowler right now. I like him better than Slay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of Slay, I mean, he's been he's been really good, too. Uh, as advertised or as we knew he could be, he's been that good. Uh, You know, the the one that really surprises me, and he was my whipping boy 10 years ago, is Brandon Graham just keeps getting better and better. And he's, heck, Fred, he's he's as old as me. Remember the Earl Thomas draft? We're like, they got rid of Doc. You got to get Earl Thomas. And then Earl Thomas leads to boom. We were crushing Brandon Graham, crushing Brandon, Brandon Graham. I'm one of them too, you know, and then, you know, but like this guy has stayed the time through the whole thing, not complained. He's a general good dude. I know that for a fact from people that, that he's given tickets to, I couldn't be more happier for him coming off the injury with two and a half sacks that game. Um, Was that late? No, that wasn't last week. It was the week before, but getting pressure. It's a, it's great. It's great. It's fun to see. Yeah. Looking Looking forward to Sunday. We'll get to picks because we're going to have you as our guest picker here a little bit later when uh, we get Boop. Boop will be with us, and uh, and we'll make our picks, and you get to make some. So I won't ask you what's going to happen on Sunday down in the desert yet, okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. So before we get to our second guest, as I said, Bob Patron Jr., Brett, I have to ask you this. I know you're a huge Sixers fan and NBA fan. Did you actually watch the Sixers in that preseason game? With that bum number 25 playing for the Nets. Not only did I watch it, I did no, a post-game no. post show on it. So um, I watched it, and and that that bum, it, he's the same exact guy. Um, I, I've defended him for years, you know what I mean? And it, it was such a relief to not have to do that anymore because he is a good player. He's an all-star, as is. He's just not the superstar that we, he was drafted number one to be. But he's the same guy. They were put. They had Niang on them. Tobias Harris and Paul Reed. There was a time he could have took the. I, the real difference was the first quarter. 
it was the first possession. He comes down. He could have took the jumper at the elbow, but he didn't. He froze up pass. Very next possession, Maxi wide open three, bam, in. And I'm like, that's night and day. So, yeah, Simmons, same guy, missed the two free throws, missed the jump, uh, turnaround, ridiculous hook, like fadeaway shot, like, but had some great passes, some nice defensive plays, um, and made points in transition off the dunk. So, he's same guy. Sixers, though, they look good with everyone down. Um, they were beat, and the, the, the Nets played all their starters. The, the Sixers, no Harden, no Embiid, no P.J. Tucker. Montrez Harrell fouled out. I, mean, I don't know how he did that in a half, but <laughs> he looked like an aggressive. He's, Philly's going to love him. And then DeAndre Melton, um, his defense was awesome. He had a steal off uh, two, three steals, but one was really – it was so quick. It looked like Paul Reed made the steal, but his hands were that quick on Ben Simmons. So – Excited how, excited, how excited are you about the reports of James Harden and, and being in a little better shape and being really seeming to be engaged in what's going on here with this team? At least that's the, the reports we're getting. Uh, that that excites you. Yeah, he said at the end of the year when they interviewed him, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And, and he, he literally put his money where his mouth is. Eating all that money showed me that he is for real. Um, and then, yeah, all the workouts, he looks skinny. He's, he's done this weight loss thing, too, before. But working out with Maxi, hanging out. So I'm, I'm excited to see what level he's at. And I just think overall as a roster, you know, it's probably the best roster we have in the Embiid time that he's been here. That, like, the best starters probably was that Redick team, Redick, Butler, Tobias Harris. But then if you got to the bench there, it was like Boban and Shake, where this team has is a little more filled out. And there's some toughness to it, which we all saw the softness. We we see it. We see it every year. And right. as a process fan, I hid from it because I, I just wanted the process to work. But it glared. It's the last two years, especially it, it showed its head. And I think they addressed it. Good. I hope so. All right. Let's uh, move on. Give a shout out to all the shows at the edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Wall to wall coverage, as usual, network continuing to grow. You can catch all the action at www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel as well. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share it with your family and friends. As you can see, it is loaded up and even more on Sundays, but every other day you see us on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. All right, Freddie. Uh, I know how much – you know how much I like college football. Uh, this season hasn't disappointed. Penn State's off to a 5-0 and start going into their bye week and coming out with a trip to Ann Arbor to play number four Michigan. Uh, I'm telling you what, Fred, I really, really like this football team. They are loaded with young talent, freshmen and sophomores. I looked at the roster today just to prep it for the show a little bit. They only have 12 seniors on the entire roster, and – some of them aren't playing. They are loaded with freshmen, loaded with sophomores, and they're all on the field. Penn, Penn State, I'll just say that, I, as you know, I'm, I'm a Georgia fan now. But as a kid, I was raised Penn State with my dad. And, you know, we kind of had a, a, a thing where I kind of went against them. And I wasn't going to do it for the other four sports. So it was kind of Georgia in a one bowl game one time it happened. Anyhow. So long story short, he's no longer with us. Now I kind of root for Penn State. I almost feel like he's there, and it's nice to watch. I'll tell you one thing. College football is so much better when Penn State is good. 
It's just awesome every week. The area is good. It's just the vibes are good. The Big Ten is better. And it, they have struggled the last two weeks, and they got they found ways to get the win. I do have a question for you, though, because the freshman kid, Aller, he, I know he had one drive in that first game, and he looked like he was ready. Sean Clifford, he has been criticized, much like Philadelphia quarterbacks, <laughs> up and down. Um, I read an article today. They're still 50-50 on him. Like, what's going to happen here? Because you're you're going into a spot here where you're going to have Ohio State, uh, Minnesota, and Michigan. Uh, it does, he's going to have to step it up a level, right? Well, Sean Clifford's the leader of the football team. There, there's no question about it. Joe Lauer is going to get his opportunities. He, he can't throw him into the big house with two undefeated teams and say, go ahead, freshman, have at it. That's not a good decision. And, uh, you know, if it happens to Clifford, sure, you go. Um, Clifford played in the same conditions Jalen Hurts played in, uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday this week. They were terrible. Uh, the difference was that Clifford's running backs were the ones doing And they turned the ball over four or five times, which put a little more pressure on Clifford to have to do some things. It, it, it just wasn't conducive to do. So, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, the kid's a leader. He's a winner. Uh, I think he's going to be just fine. And I, I think they're going to go to Michigan. Uh, Michigan's played nobody. Uh, Penn State's been battle-tested at Purdue on a Thursday night opener. They went to Auburn. Not a good Auburn team, as as Auburn teams go, but took care of business in, in a hostile environment. I think they're locked and loaded to go to Ann Arbor and beat the Wolverines. I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I w- I want to see it happen. I, I as you say, Michigan. If Jay Jimmy Wilson's listening, <laughs> that's right. That's right. My, my cousin Eddie loves Michigan too. He he's been rocking that stuff, all, Woodson jerseys and Brady and all that. So I'm rooting for you. We yeah. are. That's right. Hey, and and on one final thing on that, both running backs are freshmen, true freshmen. Uh, Nicholas Singleton, National High School Player of the Year. He's really good. Um, and and they're they're number three backs of sophomore. They're they're just loaded uh, in in the in the skill position. Same thing at wide receiver. Only one senior, and, and that that bodes well, obviously, for the future and the quarterback coming up. So, like your skill positions, you're probably good for the next two years before they become draft eligible, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's right. That, that's exciting future for for the Lions. All right. Well, hey, I, I got to give you a chance to talk Georgia. Your number two ranked Bulldogs. Uh, they're at they're hosting number five Auburn. We talked or five and they're five and zero oh at hosting Auburn this week. Um, you worried? Not worried about Auburn after seeing what Penn State did. I I am a little worried about the team. They they struggled the last few weeks, but a lot of young guys. A lot of you know, I'm surprised that defense was as good as it was the first three weeks, um, given that all the NFL players went to the NFL. Um, I, I, the offensively, I I've never been a big Stetson Bennett guy. Um, I think the defense really carried him. He had a good national championship and, and played well down the stretch there, but he doesn't really have the weapons offensively right now. You got Brock Bowers, um, but they don't have like that, that the tight end Bowers, but they don't have like a receiver and then running back wise. It's not those high level guys you're used to seeing in the NFL at this point. So we'll see, but yeah, they slipped they're the all two. already. They're already exactly. in the NFL. Yeah, they're like a running back machine. <laughs> they're a yeah, receiver yeah. machine too. You see George Pickens killing it for the uh for the Steelers. He's another one that's going. So yeah. Well, it college football to me every week. It's fun to watch. Doesn't really matter what games you're watching. There's good ones everywhere. You can just channel surf and watch great football no matter what. Nothing like it for me. Mm-hmm. College football on Saturdays. 
All right, Freddie, as you know, each week, Chet, Boop, Bob Patron Jr., and I pick NFC East games. So with that, there he is. Let's welcome Boop back from Betters Insiders. Boop stats brought to us by Spitz Bar and Grill. Spitz. Back to Philly Press Box Radio. Splits. Splits, not Spitz. Splits. <laughs> yes. Well, it was meant to say splits. Did that not come out? Yeah. Bill, listen, why don't you and I chip in and uh, buy Freddie some coffee or some Red Bull or something to get him out of his shell? <laughs> he ain't nothing like being young and excited, right, Boop? I know. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Freddie? Hey, what's up, Boop? Uh, well, let me tell you, Boop, um, <laughs> you, you know we couldn't go through a show without getting a cameo appearance from Chet. Right? He's in yeah. Italy. The, the guy's in Italy, for God's uh, sake. All right, Italy. so here we go. We're going to get the standings from him. He sent a video. He's got the uh, standings. He's got his picks. He's got who's coming on the show next week. We're going to just play all this. Then we'll come back. We'll let Fred's going to be our mystery picker tonight. He can go. Boop, you'll go. I'll go. And we'll cover it from there. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Here he is from Venice or somewhere. Ciao and buongiorno. Yes, it's me. And I'm in Florence, Italy, believe it or not. And tonight's beer of choice is Ignusa Anima Sarda from uh, Sardinia. Good stuff. Nice lager. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys are well. What's happened since I, I've left the country? Let's see. The Eagles improved to 4-0. The Phillies clinch a playoff spot for the first time in 11 years. Life is good. Miss you guys. Um, hey, let's talk about our picks, though, for the week. Uh, recapping last week, your defending champion, that's me, went 4-0, uh, while Boop and Bill, you guys were both 3-1. and Boop, unfortunately, picked Washington to beat the Cowboys. Bill got his pick wrong with uh, Tom Brady and Tampa to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't happen. So for the season, I'm still in first place, 11-5. Bill and I were tied going into this past week. Bill, you are now 10-6. One game back. And hey, Boop, you're at least at the 500 mark now. You have improved to eight and eight. So hopefully better days are ahead for you. All right. For this weekend, um, we have four NFC East games, as you guys are well aware. And you know what? I'm pretty much just going to go chalk this week. The Giants and Green Bay. I think that's the Thursday night game. No, early Sunday. It's early Sunday over across the pond somewhere where I am. Um, Got to go with the Packers in that one. Giants are not that good, trust me. Also, we have Tennessee at Washington. Come on. Got to go with the Titans in that one. Dallas at the L.A. Rams. The Cowboys will not win this one. The Rams are going to be mad after losing that Sunday or Monday night game to San Francisco. The Rams will beat the Cowboys. And then Sunday, late afternoon, we have the Eagles and Arizona Cardinals, another battle of the birds. Got to go with the visiting Eagles to improve to 5-0. and My pick, the Birds, 31-20, to the Eagles to beat the Cardinals. So there you have it. And, hey, Bill, because I know I'm not there to tell you, next week we got another good show for you guys, for everybody who's out there listening and watching. We have two of our favorite dudes from 94 WIP, James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. Yeah, the High Hopes guys. Um, Bill Birds, in the case of James Seltzer, producers extraordinaire, Seltzer and Fritz together at the same time in the first half of next week's show. We may also have an additional guest talking hockey. 
that one has yet to be finalized. But there you go. Um, enjoy the weekend. Go Eagles. Go Phillies. And, oh, yeah, Arrivederci. Take care, guys. Hey, hey, Boop, I, I was looking at that. I was wondering when I looked at the background, like, was that thing actually filmed in, like, maybe 1968 with those yellow curtains? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those old Peter Sellers movies, like, uh, you know, um, Shot in the Dark or something. I don't know how that video got past custom. <laughs> hard, hard to believe it. And, and so much energy in it, too. Yeah, yeah. something tells me. If it wasn't the defending champion, he may have just taken the week off, period. But he knew that he, we wouldn't mention that this week, so he felt, you know, inclined. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get our picks. Freddie, uh, you're up. Then Boop, then me. We got Giants and Packers. Packers minus eight. Before I do that, Boop, I looked out at my phone during Chet's thing, and my wife texted me during the show, stop yelling as she's putting in to pet our, <laughs> our one-year-old that's upstairs. So she's with you. It is annoying her as well. Um, but the Giants, uh, the defense has been done pretty well this year. The offense is terrible. I, I, Daniel Jones, Dave, Davis Webb, whoever their quarterback is, they're not going to put up any points. I'll take the Packers here in London, 23-10. Boop. Let me get my notes over here a second. Uh, you know, I want to get it. If I can get it over here. Just so you know. um, let's see. The Packers are in the middle of their uh, three straight games against the NFL's new division. New England, New York Giants, and the New York Jets. And kudos to whoever in the, in the scheduling office uh, scheduled them in alphabetical order. Uh, Packers are going to cream them. It's the Giants. It's, it's They're just – they have one good player, the Giants. So, you know, that's that. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't see any way the Giants play up there. Uh, it is, and I, I hate yeah, to say this. I hate to say this because he's a Giant, but it is kind of fun to watch Saquon Barkley run the football. Yep. Yeah, he's good. All right, Titans in Washington to play the Commanders. Titans minus two and a half. A little surprise on that spread, Boo. Yeah, um, but the Commanders, or the Commandments as I've been calling them, they haven't gotten a takeaway in three weeks. Uh, you can't take the ball away. You can't win in this league. Tennessee. Yeah, two teams going in two completely different directions. Three losses in a row for the Commanders, two wins in a row for the Titans. Bud Dupree, I think, is a big factor here because if you get that pass rush on Carson, you see how that goes. The spread does scare me, though, Bill. That is a little low. I'm going to still take the Titans, though. Yeah, me too. Full dose of Derrick Henry coming at that Washington defense. I think uh, Titans, Titans by a lot more than two and a half, I'm thinking. All right, Cowboys at the Rams. Rams minus four and a half. Uh, Rams got shellacked. Dallas, they're winning. They're pulling it off. Maybe they're better quarterbacks, actually, in the game. Yeah, you know, the Rams can't <clears throat> seem to get their footing. Maybe seeing America's team across the line, across the field might get them spurred on a little bit. Um, they're they're the better team, despite their Cowboys 3-1 record. Um, and they're not in our division, so go Rams. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. Um, Dallas is surprisingly winning, and I, I hope they have a quarterback controversy. It will be beautiful for them to have a controversy. But I'm going to take the Rams here to get the win. There's no way I'm coming back to Philly Press Box Radio and taking the Dallas Cowboys. No way. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll tell you what, I haven't taken the Cowboys all year, and I'm not taking them again. I'll take losses before I take the Cowboys. Uh, they need they need a good shellacking before they come here next Sunday and get the next shellacking. Uh, from the Eagles. So I'm going Rams as well. 
That gets us to the Eagles. They travel to Arizona at 425 kickoff against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Eagles minus five and a half. Who do you like? They're playing so well on both sides of the ball. There's no way you can pick against the Eagles. That five and a half seems low to me. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit when I give you my betting pick, but I'm going Eagles 28 to 12. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about this either. My only one slight concern is the D-backs. Um, the rain helped us a lot in that Jaguars game. There were some open receivers there when you saw Gardner coming down to the slot and um, Zach McPherson and Josiah Scott. But I, how can you pick against the Eagles right now? <laughs> so yeah, go Birds. Yeah. Well, and I'm the same way. I think the key, Kyler Murray is the key, but the key is keeping him in the pocket and make him throw the football. And uh, I think the Eagles defensively will be able to do that. Hassan Reddick's playing great. Brandon Graham's playing great. Keep him inside, make him beat you with his arm and not with his feet. And I, I like the Eagles to win this game. All right, boom. Throw us some uh, weekly betters insider tidbits for us for the week. Well, Ari <clears throat> pardon me, Arizona has lost – uh, their last seven home games against the spread, which is pretty hard to do. Um, you know, you can lose lose games easier than you lose against the spread. They've lost seven straight at home, which seems like a lot. So it would seem to think you think maybe I'm going to go with the uh, law of averages and either not lay the points with the Eagles or take the points. I went back and looked back to 1978 when most spreads are available. Teams have lost – there's 16 teams that have lost more than seven games in a row against the spread at home. Five of them have actually lost 10 games in a row at home against the spread. So um, if you're thinking of – if you were thinking of laying the points and would ease away from that because of the Arizona not doing well, the heck with it. Lay the points, go out there. Arizona's going to lose again. At least I'm thinking maybe two touchdowns. I'm with you. Hey, I, I wanted to throw at you, Boop, because you and I actually had a quick conversation about this. How well did Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs come prepared to Tampa uh, for for Sunday night? They were they let it all go. They really did. Um, and the the play every game Patrick Mahomes is a play I've never seen before, or he does something that reminds me of something from forty years. He had that little tossing the ball over the fence to the guy on the other side after running yeah. around for five minutes. That I just was like, okay, that's the game play for today. Um, yeah, Andy's. Andy's got it running on all cylinders. Even the plays that don't work look good now. Um, so he's, you know, they're both doing great. And thank goodness, because they're my they're my one A team, as we all know. Yeah. How how do you like them in the AFC? There's some good teams. Buffalo, Buffalo, you know, was picked by a lot of experts to be the team coming out of the AFC, and they're playing good ball too. Yeah. Uh, the, the how, how do you like thing, it? The funny thing is, if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, I'd be antsy about how well the rest of the league is. But right now, I know they're one of the best. If they don't win a Super Bowl, I still got it in my pocket. Same thing with the Eagles. I'm less ten tense about how they're playing and about how the opposition is. I'm more about having fun. So, you know, as long as they try it out every week, which they'll be doing against Monday night, again, Monday night against uh, the hated Raiders, you know, there's going to be some fun. And, you know, it's, it's what this sport's all about, having fun. That's right. So, hey, Boop, uh, I understand you uh, managed to – I'm sure you were behind this – that you've got Splits Bar and Grill opening early on Friday. Uh, is that because you're going to still be there from Thursday uh, for the Phillies game at 2 o'clock? Yeah, they would normally open around 3 on Friday. Um, but because the baseball game's on and because they, they know I have no life otherwise, they they decided to bribe a bartender to come in a little bit early. So they'll be opening at 
Come on down, watch the game. Like I said, like Bill said, I may still be there from Thursday or possibly even Wednesday. Um, so, you know, it's a, you know, and it's a party. We had a really good time the other night watching them clinch the, uh, clinch the game. The couples had the Milwaukee game on the phone. We had the football game on and the Phillies, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, good old time, you know. Just like we used to do in the 50s, Bill, sit around the computer and watch the scores coming in from the uh, from the Henderlands. <laughs> right. All right. So give a shout out to Splits. Where are they? How can Let's, you get there? Splits Bar and Grills in the Laurel Lanes Bowling Center Complex, uh, Maple Shade, New Jersey, South Route 73. Uh, Lickety Splits, the ice cream place is right next to it. Um, in fact, there's nothing better than uh, topping off your NFL Sunday with a chocolate milkshake from Lickety Splits. Um, <laughs> you, and then and you can get by all that. You can check me out at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Spoopstats or on my website, um, boopstats.com. Lots of Phillies Cardinal stuff I put up today, including dissecting how the Sunday games would play out because there's a lot of changes that happens with the Sunday games depending on who's alive. And I think I came up with a chart that kind of explains that a little easier than uh, what the M- MLB let you have. So, you know, um, hopefully it won't take us three games to beat the Cardinals. It'll just take us two. But if we have to get to, to Sunday, we'll figure out where we are. How do, you, how do you like the Phils in this series? They've got the puncher's chance. Uh, you know, they've got enough firepower, and most of them are right back in the, in the saddle. I like that Rimuto got to sit for a couple of days. Um, I like that uh, Swarber got hot towards the end. Um, I like that they got Hoskins to talk after the game because that makes him, he is one of the elder statement guys and he's not exactly tearing the ball off the roof uh, off the ball, but you know, they're, they're in a place now that I don't want to say it reminds me of 2007 because they ended up getting swept by Colorado, but the, the gelling is there of a really, really good team, young guys and older guys together. They can do some damage, but it's not going to be the end of the world if they don't. Uh, I just Pujols scares the devil's out of me. He always has. He scared me when he was an angel. I always thought he was going to do something to hurt the Phillies. Now he's back in St. Louis, and, you know, he could have a four-home run series and really, you know, take the wind out of the sails. Yeah. One one final comment, and I'll go to you, Boop, first, and then Fred comment on this as oh, well. Oh, Fred's still uh, there? Yeah, there he's is. still here. Uh, you're a stats guy. You are the stats guy. Uh, the year that Aaron Judge has put together, I, I think, yeah. you know, I don't care if he doesn't play for the Phillies. When you got to recognize when something really great happens, yeah. something great has happened this year for Aaron Judge. And uh, how do you see it as you look at all the stats over years? Yeah, what kind yeah. of season is this? Yeah, it is. He's just putting up numbers that, and he's put it out quietly and consistently all season. Um, he's handled it in a very great, in a great manner. He's done it, you know, up and down the lineup, including the number one slot late in the year. Uh, and he handles himself well. So it's that if you look at some of the numbers, the OPS, and even the, the analytics stuff, I don't go by. It's kind of almost off the charts. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's a be, it's, it's, my future son-in-law, hopefully, quote unquote, is a big Yankees fan, so I'm really happy for him and for them. And uh, I could, we could do worse than the Phillies Yankees World Series again, third one, you know. Well, I'll, go ahead, Fred. It's always good when records get broken. It's it's so exciting. I remember when the Sosa McGuire stuff happened as a kid. It was it was so awesome. Uh, one thing I took away, I was looking at him. Do you know he's older than Bryce Harper? I always thought of him as a younger player. He's older than Bryce Harper, and that blew me away last night. 
yeah, I saw a picture of him with one, or it might have been Winfield or somebody from 10 years ago. Um, and I'm like, boy, Aaron Judge hasn't changed a bit, you know, and I'm thinking it's hard to believe he's been around 10 years. I still think of him as a young kid. He's hitting like a young kid, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I think he's putting together one of the greatest offensive seasons we've seen and maybe in our lifetimes. It can't go back to the, the Ted Williams type of years. You know, uh, it, it's really something to watch. I don't want to see them in the World Series. I just assume the Yankees fall like they always do, but because uh, I can't root for them. They'll fall. Uh, well, Boop, we appreciate you coming by. As always, we'll do it again next week. And uh, have a great weekend at Splits. And uh, you got plenty of plenty of sports to watch. Yep, I'll find something to do, I'm sure. There you go. All right, thanks, Boop. Thank Later, you, guys. Boop. All right. Hey, Freddie, uh, we can't skip out on the Flyers. Preseason's underway. The, those Flyers. Oh, they're still uh, in this town. Very little fanfare so far. Uh until today, when they made the announcement, they they are cutting or sending down Cam York, who had tons of expectations. Uh, uh, what are your expectations for John Tortorella's Flyers? He's the only thing that got me excited. I'll tell you, I haven't watched the liquor preseason, but I watched the twelve minute inside the locker room video thing that that they had of of John Tortorella, and you know, I, people are up in arms about the Cam York thing because he was stressing that he's going to play the kids and they're going to get on the rails. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Sixers back when the process began. You know, you knew they were not going to be that good. Um, and it's now is the time to get on the train, in my opinion. Root, watch them. Don't You don't have to live and die by wins and losses. Just root for the players and see what young talent there is. The one thing we don't want, though, is to get into this situation where we're like in the middle middle ground and our picks were between pick 10 and 18 instead of the top one through five. We can't do that. We can't play that game. Right. Well, and and basically that's what created the process on the on the basketball side is they were stuck in the middle and, and couldn't get out and they made some decisions to get out. Flyers, I don't think, are good enough to get to the middle at this point, but we'll see. Uh, John Tortorella basically said Cam York wasn't ready on the mental side of the game. And, uh, you know, I think physically uh, everybody thinks he can play. Uh, what, what makes me laugh, though, Fred, and, and I hate to always dog on the Philadelphia sports fans. It's not just Philadelphia. It's everywhere that people say, how can you cut him? How could you do this? You weren't in practice. <laughs> you weren't in camp. You know what I mean? it's just funny to hear people that's stupid they're idiots they need to fire this person ever those guys are with them every minute of every day they they pretty much know what's going on it reminds me of when reed came here and he like cut george hegemans and had the other guy doing all this and everyone's like what's this guy doing like you know they're there they know what's going on and i kind of like it and the beat writers are up in arms about it too which is weird to me maybe cam york was their inside guy in the locker room i don't know what it is but they're like so mad about it and I'm just like, hey, maybe he goes down to the Phantoms for 20, 25 games and they change their mind. Like, he's trying to get them minutes. He, he's he been around for a while. He's a veteran coach. I, I'm not, I, We're not expecting to win anyway. What's the big deal? Yeah. Well, and Tortorella said that uh, he is going to get a ton of time down there. And I think he expects him to be back up sooner rather than later. Um, but we'll find out because the preseason, hockey preseason or Flyers is over. Uh, they open next week. Uh, we're going to play for real. Another live sport. Hopefully the uh, the Phillies are still playing and we'll have three and basketball will be right behind it. We'll have four going on all at one time. That would be fun. 
and it's going to be so fun. And, and not that I even follow it or know, I just or care for it. I hear people talk about it. the union, even they're like a first round buy. There's a lot of soccer fans out there. You get all like, if you got like the channels are just going to be like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that's, that's the October we want. That's, that's, that's right. Great. That's right. All right, my man. Good stuff. Hey, let's take another quick break and thank our friends over at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. So people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They'll continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room. Well, Freddie. Any parting shots for you? Any closing thoughts for you as we head into the weekend? Uh, we got three baseball games. We have a big football game. How you feeling? Get excited. Just get excited and enjoy it because it doesn't always come. It doesn't always come. And to like begrudge this whole thing, there are a lot of people, oh, this is a wild, nice wild court, don't even count. But a bit, a bit, a bit. That's the way it's going to be. They're going to expand the playoffs. Every league does it, it's going to happen. Enjoy it. And my other parting shot as a parting thank you, I just want to say again, thank you to Philly Press Box, Edge of Philly Sports, everyone for all their support with what me and my family are going through. It helps. It it helps so much, the positive the positive comments, prayers, so that, and uh, all positive vibes, whatever you want to call it. So thank you. You got it. Hey, and uh, I appreciate you stepping in and uh, glad we got you out of semi-retirement. You haven't been able to do too much uh, with all your other stuff going on. And uh, I appreciated being able to ask you. You jumped right on and said, I'm in. I'm in for the whole show. And uh, I appreciate that as well. Ah, thank you for having me. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, our co-host, Freddie Burns. Bob Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish River Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. PPCC 118, Room and Dave LaBoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, October the 12th at 7 p.m. you see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Hi, Hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Phillies. Go Birds. Happy trails to you till we meet again.